you're about to listen to another great show on the Four Eyed Radio Network. To listen to other shows just like this, go to foureyedradio.com. Like our show, Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. Where we talk everything and anything about Pokemon. Learn something new. Like, did you know that every Pokemon card is misprinted on the back? The ball centerpiece opens on the wrong side. <laughs> what? I'm going to have to check that out. But yeah, you can learn stuff like that, which I just learned right now. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. 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 Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? I'm old. Oh no! To listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we are finally closing out the second season of Spider-Man the Animated Series. I can't believe it. I know. I know. You know, it doesn't feel like we were doing it for very long. Like compared no. to the f- maybe because we did the first season like when we had just started our podcast, so like yeah. it kind of the time was sort of different because <laughs> it felt like it because we weren't really like in the groove yet. But yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's just kind of flown by. Yeah, it really does. It does feel like that. I mean, I guess it's also only fourteen episodes, but yeah, but it's, I don't know. it's, it's more... longer than the first season yeah. was. So yeah, huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. But we're here. You know, and you know what's funny too? I think technically we probably spent more time in this season than we did in the first season because we had the commentary episode and like the first few episodes we were still bi-weekly and then, oh, yeah. and then we went to weekly and like the first season we were bi-weekly but like at least clustered them together and did them all consecutively. So, mm-hmm. huh, weird. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, time's weird. Nothing makes sense. Time's so weird. Yeah. You know what else is weird? Being turned into an old version of yourself. Not old. Not old. The worst thing could ever be is old. Oh. Old. <laughs> this episode's so dramatic. It so is. It so is. <laughs> well, what we're talking about is the season finale of the season of Spider-Man the Animated Series, season two, episode 14, entitled last time we're going to be able to use this title. Oh. I know. It's sad. It's sad. Pour one out for uh, for the Neogenic Nightmare. <laughs> Neogenic Nightmare, Chapter 14, The Final Nightmare. Yes. The synopsis for this one per IMDb is, The Vulture takes Spider-Man's youth to become young again, but he also absorbs the mutating DNA of Man-Spider. The Scorpion also returns, desperate to become normal again. Glad I didn't read that synopsis before I watched the episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> that comes out of nowhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> the original air date for this episode was February 24th, 1996. Um, for the writer credits, it's another story and teleplay credit. Um, as usual, the story is by John Semper, along with Sandy Fries, uh, who also wrote the teleplay. Fries, uh was a story editor on Care Bears and... 
was a writer on Different Strokes, The Smurfs, Gem, Star Trek The Next Generation, Quantum Leap, Thundercats, Tom and Jerry Kids Show, and this is the only credit that that writer has on this show, just hmm. like the writers on the last episode. Yeah, these single episode writers, you know? I know, it's it's fascinating. And I always wonder, like, are they freelance? Were they in the writer room, writer's room and, like, help break the season and then just, like, didn't actually write a script until now? I don't know. We'd have to, like, interview someone to find that out <laughs> if they even remember, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't really know how I ended up on there. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the best answer ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this episode doesn't really introduce new characters, but there is a notable actor introduced as a result of the way a character changes. So we mentioned in that synopsis and we saw in the last scene of the last episode we talked about that Peter Parker has his youth stolen from him and transforms into an older Peter Parker. <laughs> the older Peter Parker is portrayed by a different actor, which makes sense. Um, and that actor is Peter Mark Richman. Peter Mark Richman appears in, I'm pretty sure, every television show ever before mm -hmm. 1995 for like an episode or two. And it could be a whole game. Like, name a show before 1995. And has he been in it? Yes. Um, just a teeny tiny slice of some of the things that he has been in uh, again for like one or two episodes bonanza murder she wrote fantasy island beverly hills 90210 three's company the incredible hulk dallas charlie's angels matlock dynasty knight rider star trek the next generation and it just goes on and on and on and on and on wow. like name literally any show that was ever popular and i swear he's been in it the love boat was another one uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow ended up on like Gilligan's Island. Like it's just, it's incredible. I, there's no way to list all the shows that you might know him from. Um, I feel like I recognize him, but have no idea why. Hmm. And when I saw how many shows he's appeared in, that sort of explained it. Yeah. I still haven't figured it out. Still don't know which show I saw him on. <laughs> yeah. But I recognize him. Uh, probably just like through osmosis. Like you probably just saw an episode and it was just like stuck yeah. in your brain, like embedded there and. Just yeah, don't know where it is now. and it's so many shows that I don't know if I'm ever going to figure it out. <laughs> Sifting yeah. through all of them. Nope. Um, he also provided voices for some stuff, not a ton of stuff, but some stuff, uh, and the stuff that we would definitely recognize uh, are Batman Beyond. He played a character named Winchell. I, I don't remember who that is. Uh, Batman the Animated Series. He's Charles Baxter, and in Superman the Animated Series, he voices Abin Sur, um, hmm. and then, like I said, has some other voice credits as well. One of those voice credits is as Kit Walker, the 27th Phantom in 1985's Defenders of the Earth, which is a cartoon that teamed up characters from three different comics, Flash Gordon, mm. The Phantom, and Mandrake the Magician in the then future year 2015. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the show featured closing credit song with lyrics by Stan Lee. Cool. I didn't know Stan Lee was a lyric writer, but sure, lyricist. So yeah. sure. Okay. I didn't either. I do think he wrote. I, so this, because the Phantoms come up a couple times now, I mm -hmm. did sort of like get lost a little bit in some of the Phantom stuff. Mm -hmm. Mainly what, what prompted me to do that was the fact that Kit Walker is listed as the 27th Phantom. Which made me think, oh, I wonder if this is like a mantle that's passed down over time. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like it probably is to some degree. Uh, but I also then, this is what's weird. We've mentioned the show The Phantom 2040 before, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's a future show. Like it takes place in the year 2040. Mm -hmm. But that Phantom is the 24th Phantom 
<laughs> in the future that is beyond this one, which is the 27th Phantom. So now I'm kind of really interested in the Phantom and want to know more. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like probably very like messy, messy timeline shenanigans are happening. And I love yeah. that kind of stuff. So. I know. I'm kind of really intrigued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, um, I also, I don't know anything about Flash Gordon or Mandrake the Magician, but I do kind of love the idea that these were... Uh, characters from outside the big two that also kind of teamed up for yeah, a show. I think that's, that's so pretty cool. neat. Yeah, their own little like kind of um, like that's so condescending. Their own little their own little Justice League. <laughs> oh, how cute of them. <laughs> yeah, like no, that's that is that is really neat. Yeah, I kind of dig that idea. I mean, it kind of sounds like if you had a show that was just you know Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, and I mean, you know, I know I don't. All of those characters, especially Flash Gordon, was a was a very popular character for a yeah. time. So that had to be pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to lo- know more about that stuff too. So those are the types of things that they've tried at varying points to like revive at at certain times. Like there was a Flash Gordon show on Sci Fi Channel, I think, uh, oh. probably about ten years ago now, but. Hmm. Um, where they kind of try to modernize it. And it's never like really worked because I think those things really only seem to work in a very particular like 50s serial kind of way, like sci-fi serial kind of way. Yeah. But I feel like if you embrace that like tone and style, you can make some cool stuff, like stylized yeah. like that. You can, you can do something cool with I it. I think you could either do a very stylized version of it that ends up sort of being artful in a way, in the way that it's presented. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much a slice of what it was. Yeah. Or you could kind of, and I'm surprised they haven't gone, and and I don't know enough about Flash Gordon to know if this would work, but knowing a little bit about like its tone, I'm surprised that this hasn't happened because I think you could go a bit sort of down the like deconstructed route where you sort of like take it apart and rebuild it and sort of like flip it on its head a little bit for a more modern audience. I think they try to do it a little bit with Is the Sci-Fi Channel show. Uh, I think that that was an aspect of it, but I think they were they were they were a little too self-serious for for it to work. That uh, okay. was the problem. They tried like it wasn't like a gritty show or anything, but like it was still tried to be like, oh, you know, take our stakes seriously and everything. And I and I don't I think it needed to I don't think it I don't think any kind of the deconstruction elements kind of shine through for that because it ended mm. up just feeling like a pretty average kind of sci-fi show, you know. And this was you said this was about a decade ago or so. I want to I feel like it was maybe around 2005 or, mm. or something or like something Oh, like that. I feel like I know exactly what that show was just by you telling me 2005. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was around then. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think they could pull it off in 2020. And this is I again me too, with yeah. very little knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think that sort of thing's been figured out, so. Yeah, I would agree with that. Who knows? We'll see what's next for Flash Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure I'm sure it'll come up it'll come up again at some point because yeah. they're they're going to be digging at the bottom of the barrel for properties at some point. So <laughs> Right. Right. I have one comment about old Peter Parker is that I feel like I mean, this actor is fine and obviously he's like a legend in his own way for just the amount of stuff that he has touched and been in. <laughs> yeah. So that's incredible. That said, I sort of feel like it was a missed opportunity to not get an old Spider-Man actor in to voice him as a guest yeah. star. Like whether that's a great point. Yeah, this I don't know 
at what age everyone was at, but like every Spider-Man before this one had a manly voice anyway. So even if they weren't that old yet, they yeah. would have still had an old, an older voice. So like literally everyone, every animated one, or even like Nick Hammond from the live action show in the seventies, like any of them could have voiced Spider-Man here. And it's weird. I, I actually was under the impression that it was one of them for the longest time. I didn't realize that. Hmm. I just assumed that they got one of the old Spider-Man actors in the role yeah. I'm just, um, unless one of them does show up later and I'm confusing it with that, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But huh. for this especially, it's just weird that they didn't go that route. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I feel like if they were doing that now, it would almost be expected. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like something they wouldn't do in 1995, you know? Like, yeah. it, they they bring on, you know, other, other folks that have been in things that sort of touch this realm uh, so it, it's not like they would have found it corny or cheesy to do that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. It seems like a weird missed opportunity, but yeah, that would know. have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we still hear enough of old Peter Parker saying he's old by this actor. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would have thought the most iconic line from the first two seasons of this show would be I'm old. <laughs> well, only rivaled by I don't breathe. I don't that well that's true. Well that's that's more like a transcends the show really. Yeah, it's like God uh, tier. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's true. more like a like affects all of history type of thing. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. I think yep. it I think it's actually been like chiseled into certain state capitol buildings. It has. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we can't we can't go down that rabbit hole because we'll be talking about that all the whole episode. So we should just go ahead and uh, pivot <laughs> to the episode itself. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so recap, final recap, watch 2020. This one just recaps pretty much the entire previous episode from start to finish. It really does. Like you don't need to watch the last episode if you watch this recap. Quite literally. <laughs> yep. And yep. there's so many things they could have put in the recap that would have been really helpful. <laughs> uh-huh. Like really any, helpful. Lots of stuff that didn't happen in the last episode that kind of come into play kind of out of nowhere yeah. in this one. There are characters that would have really been nice to have been reminded about. Yep. Even if just like to make me not have to remember names like off the top of my head. <laughs> Recaps are like so I got weird. there, but you could have just told it to me right there at the top. Recaps are so weird. <laughs> they are weird. They are weird. And and one of the things that I find so fascinating about them is that they can or cannot work based on the show that they're being utilized for. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes you have a show where it would be really beneficial to pull things from from past episodes because it kind of sets you up and and it's helpful. And then there are some shows where it's like detrimental to do that because you're like, oh, shoot, like you're kind of cluing me into something that probably could have been a big reveal or something like that. This show doesn't really play with big reveals. You know, it doesn't really yeah. play with the type of things that you can ruin with prior information. So this show would benefit from doing some of that stuff yep. uh, in a way that other shows might not. That's a very good point. Yep. 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 But you know, they're figuring it out as we've said many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. They are. This episode does pick up like right after the last episode ended. Peter's old. His mask is gone. 
and Vulture is is very 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 happy about this. Um, he's, <laughs> he celebrates by picking up the un- uh, unconscious. So he does like wake up at a certain point here. It's not really clear when he wakes up, but at right. first he's unconscious and limp. Vulture picks up his limp body and just starts flying him through the skies, much uh. to like all the onlookers' horror. It's a it's a good like. A very creepy, like well done, creepy scene. It's fucked uh, up. This it's frightening, actually. Yeah, because he's just like flying, flying them all through the air. He like he then like drops him like seemingly to his death. <laughs> yep, yep. After his like victory lap. Uh huh. And then Ugh. like swoops down. Um, of course, after the commercial break, because you know want us to think that old spider-man is going to die here uh the show it's been a while since they've tried to trick us into thinking spider-man was dying that is a good point it has been a while so you know bring it back for the season finale i feel i appreciate that Mm -hmm. (laughs) nice little callback yeah it's a callback there's a lot of callbacks in this episode intentional or not actually true (laughs) (laughs) he swoops down and uh saves him from the fall it was just meant to like frighten him and basically exercise the power that he has over the this weakened peter now um mm-hmm. and and lands on the roof of the tomb's neogenic lab he expresses like how strong he is with spider-man's strength like absorbing spider-man in particular has made him like stronger than ever before so he's like i'm not gonna kill you because i need you for your life force basically intending to just like hold him captive and just repeatedly absorb his life force like back and forth forever i guess is what he wants to do so this is the line that made me surprised that Alan Johnson didn't continue to do voice work because this is the one where he's like, basically says like, and I'm going to drain your energy over and over and over. And he just gets like more maniacal until he does that sort of evil laugh, like that yeah. cackle. And I think yeah. it's really good. Like it's over the top. Sure. But that's what it's supposed to be. Yep. And it's a really good evil cackle. You know, it is, it is, does maniacal well. So I feel like there was room for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Alan Johnson, get back into it, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's probably doing a lot because that's, it's a very like theatrical performance that he puts on, which, which works for the character that he's playing. So he probably does a lot of that on stage. I'm sure. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I hope so too. Yeah. Cause he is. Yeah. You're right. He's good. He's very good. So they're on this roof. <laughs> this is like, this kind of caught me off guard. They're on this roof. He's just sort of sapped uh, Spidey's life force and paraded him around and pretended to kill him and cackled evilly. <laughs> and then the the explosions from the self-destruct sequence that we saw at the end of the last episode, I guess like weren't over. <laughs> so. so the building next door, the one that's the aerodynamics building, continues to explode and explodes in such a way that like large chunks of the building like fly over at them on the roof and this sort of i mean this distracts vulture long enough for spider-man to kind of escape but vulture is protecting himself with his wings so he's not looking at spider-man and i i didn't i don't know did you catch this right away i did not catch this right away vulture i think believes spider-man was killed (laughs) By the explosions. I initially Ah. thought that he thought Spider-Man just escaped. But later in the episode, he's like surprised that Spider-Man's alive. And I can't figure out any other point in the episode when he would have been made to believe that Spider-Man was killed. I didn't make that connection either, but that does make sense. Because he just multiple times. (laughs) Because he just like vanishes after the explosion happens. So that actually does make sense. Yeah. So, so. 
Spider-Man takes advantage of the explosions to sort of like crawl off the side of the roof and Vulture just doesn't see where he goes. And then when Vulture looks over the edge of the building, doesn't see him either. And we don't find out until after Vulture flies off and and says like, oh, shoot, now I have a limited amount of time. I got to get busy. We don't find until after he makes that declaration and leaves Mm -hmm. that Spider-Man actually just like crawled underneath like the lip of a building. I like Vulture's line when he is looking for Spider-Man or assuming that he's dead, I guess. He's like, Spider-Man, this was not part of my plan. I know. What is that line? Like, what? (laughs) Duh. I guess it means like. I what killing you wasn't part of the plan like I don't <laughs> it makes more yeah it does make slightly slightly more sense because I was under the impression that Spider-Man he thought Spider-Man just ex- escaped which is yeah. just like well of course him escaping is a part of the plan dummy like yeah obviously. no that's what I thought too but I guess like if he thought that he was dead then it's more like oh killing you this early wasn't part of the plan or something it's still a weird line because it's like oh for sure like obviously like what <laughs> i don't right. know but you you just stated you needed him we understand right. that that is not part of the plan for him to go missing or die <laughs> i feel like it's like if you made like an itinerary for like a trip like a like we're going to hawaii and here's all the things that we want to do <laughs> and then your plane crashes and you're like well this wasn't on the itinerary like <laughs> brilliant brilliant Oh, Tombs, I don't understand you at all. Nope, nope, (laughs) me neither. (laughs) So, like we mentioned, Spider-Man just sort of crawled underneath the lip of the building's roof. Um, It's sort of a strange building, so I, I, it's like a weird sort of mechanical-y building, like futuristic vibe. Uh, So it does. I don't really know where he is. He's just (laughs) underneath it somehow. (laughs) Um, But he 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 sort of like begins to crawl out, but is old and feeble. So he he slips and falls uh, into a dumpster below because dumpsters, I guess. A fried chicken (laughs) dumpster, by the way. Did you catch that? (laughs) General General's fried chicken. Uh huh. General's Mm -hmm. fried chicken. Now, do you think that that dumpster is like? Full of fry grease. <laughs> ooh, ooh, no. Oh, no. It shouldn't be, but you never know. <laughs> oh, I mean, it definitely is. Oh, God. Uh, the most disgusting dumpster you could you could fall into. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess he's safe. Because he fell in a dumpster, uh, he was cu- he the all the all the the layers of grease like like com- cushioned his fall oh. a little bit <laughs> and warmed his muscles that were beat up or something. I don't sure. I don't know. The people who have had their energy and youth sapped from them take some real heavy beatings they over do. these two episodes. They do. For being as frail as they are, they're yeah, right? pretty solid, actually. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe their bone density is unaffected. <laughs> sure. It's just Let's their muscles go with that. and skin. Let's go they're with soft that. organs only. <laughs> soft organs only. <laughs> oh, God. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's on the street below. He uh, he walks by a window, and you get your classic, like, <laughs> Home Alone slash, like, Jamie Lee Curtis in Freaky Friday, like, hands <laughs> on your cheeks, screaming in... He's not actually screaming, but, like, in his head, he's screaming, I'm old! Mm-hmm. Um, as he stares in the window at his old face. He does, like, know 
theoretically that it's supposed to wear off pretty quickly, so he just tries to find a place to hide to wait out his transformation. Yes, indeed. Elsewhere, on some street corner in the city somewhere, we get Scorpion? Where'd you come from, buddy? And he's in a trench coat, which is on brand for bad guys. Of course, of course, of course, of course. But Scorpion's just like walking down the street and stops at a newspaper vendor and just chats about neogenics for a bit. Uh (laughs) The vendor's basically like, who cares about all this neogenic stuff? It doesn't matter, like, whatever. But Scorpion's like, no, neogenics is important. It's about getting a second chance. And we learn that Scorpion wants to use Neogenics to basically, like, reintegrate himself into being a normal human and society and all that sort of stuff. He's tired of being Scorpion, which makes sense. We just haven't heard from him in a while. Well, remember how worried about this he was in the first episode of the season when he was working with the Insidious Six? Like, wasn't he just constantly talking about how he wanted to be normal again? Oh, did that not happen? Oh, weird. (laughs) I guess that's true. It makes sense from his original story the insidious six two-parter with him is 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 so strange because there's so many missing beats there because you know a he was cured of his like advanced mutation like he wasn't green skinned oh but was he (laughs) well we'll get to that later um like he wasn't anymore and like he didn't he seemed to be a lot more chill about his abilities Mm -hmm. and was just like okay i'll work with kingpin cool yay and now i mean i guess you can you can make an argument that like now that he's not working for anybody, he's you know he has nothing else to do other than but try to cure himself anymore. It's just weird this this weird like up and down with him that we've been getting. Like you can you can argue that there's like a through line to it, but it just feels very inconsistent. I think there's a through line if you treat the Insidious Six episodes like they're not part of the story that they're trying to tell. So like. It's kind of like they're saying, hey, we've got this story that we're telling with Neogenics and with this tablet of time, and we've got these pieces on the board, um, and we're going to take the things from the first season that we can use under these circumstances, and we're just going to roll with that. Mm-hmm. Then it makes perfect sense. Those, like you said, Insidious 6 episodes are just so weird because they don't really play into anything. So if you try to fit them in, everything just gets real messy. Yeah. So it's like you almost have to you almost have to pretend like they didn't exist for this to make sense. Sure. Although except there's some callbacks uh, maybe unintentionally. I mean the whole like like I'll I'll get to it later. But um it does feel like a weird amount of symmetry to like those two episodes here. But we'll get to that when we get to that. It yeah, it is weird. The just Scorpion in general being introduced here at the tail end of this of this season in this episode is just weird in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, him just being there is weird at all. But I think when you look at Scorpion and where he's plopped in here and you look at Harry and the way that they've just very intentionally retconned Mm -hmm. Harry's personality from the first season, you just sort of like begin to see that they're figuring out what their universe is after not necessarily having the universe from day one. Sure. And so there's like certain things where they're like, okay, that will that fit. So like, let's roll with that. And then I guess we kind of just have to like pick which version of this we want because we really weren't considering it earlier yeah so i i i have to imagine based on the last episode with the interpersonal things that sort of come together and this episode where some of the more like actiony superhero stuff uh or i guess super villainy stuff comes together mm-hmm. that moving forward they kind of have an idea of how they want everything to braid together mm-hmm. and there are just going to be details from the first and second seasons that are just like yeah that did technically happen <laughs> 
like broad strokes essentially yeah yeah, yeah which you know it's fine i i don't i don't really mind that i'm not i try not to be like such a continuity nerd because i like i like this version of scorpion better than like a scorpion that's just like a henchman who's evil yeah i think this is a good motivation for him so you know i'm fine that they brought that back and didn't exactly bring resolution to it or anything but i get how it sort of (laughs) plays into i almost wish that we had seen more of him with this motivation earlier in the season as well yeah because it does fit into the whole neogenic nightmare aspect of all of this like this episode pretty much outside of morbius who had a story resolved already this essentially brings in everyone who's been like negatively affected by neogenics or is using neogenics like for for their own gain and like kind of collides all of those all of those people together into one room ultimately yeah. um, which i think is really clever it's just like you know, Scorpion, we haven't seen him dealing with the Eugenics before. Another character, we haven't seen him in a very long time. And, yeah. and, and you know, like we said last week, like Vulture just kind of is thrown in here and is using it. And then in this episode, finally actually gets like very heavily negatively uh, impacted by Neogenics as well. So, yeah, you know, I, I see the threads and I, I appreciate them for what they are. Yeah, it, it's I think they're just reshuffling. Yeah. Like yeah. relationships and dynamics. And Definitely. Definitely. At least that's the only explanation I can think of for Scorpion. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. You know what? It leads, it'll lead, it hopefully will just, you know, lead to stronger stories later on. And I think in theory, I think Scorpion at, like, you know, adds another element to this. And I think the Scorpion and that other character as well, like as a closer to Neogenics as a concept being like at the backbone of this arc I get what all these things were brought back in to close yeah. it out for like a bookend in a bookend kind of way. It's just, you know, they're reshuffling right at the end here. <laughs> and it's yeah. A it's weird. a weird time to reshuffle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so after their conversation about neogenics, where we sort of learn why Scorpion cares about them in the first place, um, Scorpion commits a really tiny petty crime and just like <laughs> takes the newspaper uh, and the guy calls after him and says, hey, you didn't pay for that. And Scorpion decides, fine, I'll destroy your entire newspaper stand. <sighs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I think that one's got some anger issues. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah. yeah. So that's how that one ends. That interaction went well. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> um, above, we see this frail Spider-Man web slinging throughout the city. Um, and wondering why his transformation has not worn off yet since all the other ones wore, wore off pretty quickly. So he's like, I need to go home <laughs> and just like <laughs> not be out here anymore. But as he's swinging, because he's still kind of weak and just really off his game, he uh, he misses one of his own webs, um, isn't able to catch it after he uh, – uh, 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 I keep wanting to say squirts it out. That's no! not the word I want to say, but I can't think of another word. He misses his webbing that shoots out of his web shooters and falls into an alley below. I think you get a really good look at old Spider-Man's design, like in this sequence, especially because yeah. they do a really nice job with his redesign where he's like clearly skinny and frail underneath the Spider-Man suit. So it's almost kind of baggy on him. Um, and he seems like kind of like gaunt underneath it. Is this the moment or is it later when he's lying on the ground and they do the pan across his body? Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember which moment it, if it's this or later. I just, I remember that I noticed how gaunt he was in this scene. Yeah. But I, the one you're talking about might be later on. I don't remember. Okay. 
it, it, I mean, either way, like you get a good look, you do get a look, good look at his body throughout it. And I'm impressed that they made this new design for him. That's kind of more complicated than his regular design yeah. and pulled it off pretty well. Well, considering Vulture is the other character over the course of these two episodes that they constantly refer to as frail and old, and he has like a six pack and like (laughs) super triceps, (laughs) I appreciate the fact that they created a whole new model for Spider-Man to really like drive the point home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So while he's in the alley, he um, sees like a he sees like a mugging happening with a, with an older lady in the alley. So he he tries to stop it. Luckily, he doesn't have to do much fighting because the uh, the robbers are just like, oh, it's Spider Man. Uh, he looks weird, but I don't want to stick around and find out what's <laughs> what, what what's what's wrong with them. And they just run off. Um, luckily, he is able to grab a trench coat off of one of them, which will benefit him in a moment. Um, he has a nice little moment with the uh, the old lady that was nearly mugged where he's like us old folks gotta stick together and she's like oh i had no idea you were a senior citizen <laughs> yeah and then he uh then he gets weird and he's like it's the job it ages you <laughs> okay dude <laughs> man they like we're just like we have this one episode where spider-man's old let's just go as hard on it as we possibly can <laughs> It sounds more like something like noir would say, you know? It totally does. It's straight out of noir, yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, I dig it. I dig it. It's silly, but I, I like it. You know, the muggers were different. It, there, there wasn't the uh, Weezer sweater mugger this time. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were different. Yeah. This is where there's, like, symmetry with the opening two-parter in The Theon City of Six, because that two-parter had a limited slash powerless Peter in a trench coat that still was very clearly a Spider-Man costume underneath it, uh, walking through (laughs) the world. And this episode has a sort of powerless slash limited powered Peter in a trench coat walking in the world with obvious (laughs) Spider-Man pieces of his costume sticking out and no one noticing. At least in this case, he can very much like Clark Kent it. And just yeah. be like, clearly no one believes I would be Spider-Man. Although I guess sure. Peter Parker probably could pull that off anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not not this Peter Parker because he's like super buff. So That's true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> so as he's walking down the street in his trench coat and very visible <laughs> Spider-Man costume, he sort of realizes that his career as Spider-Man is probably over if he remains old. And he's sort of, like, having a sad when a bus driver, like, stops on the road and says, like, hey, dude, like, get in. Like, you don't need to walk. It's fine if you forgot your pass. Like, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, that's nice. People are nice. People can New York's nice. not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, I like this, like, alternating, like, inner monologue, like, outer voice that they do throughout this one with him. And I like his line where he's, like, I don't remember how it starts. It's, like, something, something, something. I can't, like... I, I can't do anything if I'm trapped in this body for the rest of my life, Yeah, which I think is a good spotlight on like what's going on with them because that's essentially what he's been going on. Like what's been going on with him all season. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I like how that sort of connects to it. Cause it's sort of like, he's been dealing with his own body issues essentially. And like the, the horror of like losing himself to like a monstrous form potentially, or losing his powers or, or just like always having to like be sick or something like that. And this is sort of like the ultimate culmination of it where it's just like, I literally can't, <laughs> I can't do anything. And as far as I know, there's no way to reverse this. Yeah. So I sort of like that 
as like the capper to that whole thread this season. Yeah, no, that that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> In a way, like his body after going through everything he's gone through is just like just literally drained, like yeah. <laughs> literally drained. But it also like you would, that's kind of how you would feel anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can't. Do it's much like literally more. and and metaphorically like drained. It's just like, dude, you just everything's going wrong with it. Maybe you should just say like, fuck it. You just shouldn't have a body anymore, man. <laughs> Ghost spider. <laughs> oh, uh, that's something else now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a helicopter above the city, Norman Osborn spots Vulture close by. Apparently just like stalking Norman. He's back on Norman. Harry wasn't good enough. The helicopter attempts to take Vulture down with lasers and missiles. <laughs> this time we do actually see that the missiles don't hit anything. They explode when they don't hit their target. So good. cool. That's good. good. Um, but Vulture's agility is just too good for the helicopter. Uh, he moves a lot quicker and uh, can turn a bit more on the dime. Mm-hmm. He manages to damage the helicopter blades from above. He kind of does this swoopy thing underneath and above, and it forces Osborne and the pilots to evacuate. While the pilots and Norman are sort of like parachuting down, Vulture again decides to be a total dick and cuts the line between the parachutes and Norman and just like lets him think he's going to fall because that's, that's what Vulture does. <laughs> such an asshole. He's just such, such an, an asshole. asshole. Such an asshole. But he does catch Norman, of course, uh, and introduces himself once they hit the ground as Adrian Toomes. Of course, Norman's like, that can't be. But it is. It is. Before their conversation goes much further, though, Adrian Toomes begins to transform again. But this time, he transforms into Man Spider? I love this development. Yes, me too. It's good. It's real good. Cool twist. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Very good yeah. twist. Very good twist. Very good way to say, like, we've got to close this up somehow. How are we going to get to that point? Yeah. And this is not at all what I ever would have predicted, uh, having right. watched the way everything developed so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such so. a wild turn. And, you know, in the weird, like, pseudoscience magic-y element of, of the way that this is all played out, like, mm-hmm. you can buy it. You can buy that. You know what's funny is I kind of thought something adverse would happen when he drained energy from Dr. Connors. And so when nothing did, I was like, oh, I guess that's not a factor. Forgetting that this ever happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess like the difference is that Dr. Connors doesn't have like a mutation disease. Like he just has like an alternate form that he mutates into. But like it's different than this like weirdly like constantly developing like cell growth transformation issue that spider-man has yeah yeah it's so interesting like you absorb their uh you absorb the powers but you also absorb their flaws oh boy <laughs> you got exactly what you wanted vulture yeah. <laughs> and then some <laughs> uh-huh and it's cool too because uh because he's he's man spider but he can still like talk and everything mm-hmm. so, and they do like such a cool like creepy voice with him um we hear yep. it a lot more later but like i don't know it's like a like a like a metallic almost like reverberating voice yeah like that they filter over it it's so cool which you know man spider when spider-man was man spider and fully mutated he was just like he couldn't talk or anything so yeah, it's funny screeched. this one is just like <laughs> just uh it's e- almost even a little more horrible because he's just like screaming in pain constantly <laughs> 
Well, and we also, I mean, we get, we see it here, but we get different shades of yeah. man spider. Like yeah. when, when Peter turned into man spider, it was full transformation. Like once it happened, it happened. Right. Mm-hmm. But tombs, I don't know if this is a result of it not being his own DNA. We kind of get that hinted at later. Dr. Connor sort of acknowledges like, this is really something that was meant for the body of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. but tombs ends up transforming to different degrees over the course of the episode. I think this is the one where he looks very similar to the man spider we expect, but it's not full blown extreme. I think his nose is still there. The nose is what does it. Cause yeah, there's another, there's another scene like shortly after this one where you get a close up on his face and like his eyes yep. are a little bigger, more human, but the nose is what makes it like a more off putting. Right. Where you're like, this is not the way that this was supposed to go. Something's different. Like even if I, I think, even if you couldn't quite confidently say what things were different, you still recognize like something's unsettling yeah. about his particular transformation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who knew? I know. I know. Well, I mean, I I knew and remembered, and everyone yeah. else who's seen this <laughs> remembered. Lots but of people knew. <laughs> lots of people actually knew. But the day, you know, when this first came out, who yeah, knew? yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Peter returns home. Uh, he's grateful that Aunt May is asleep, as she often is, actually. Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> he um he goes up to his room. He calls uh, Jameson to call out sick from the bugle, pretending to be like a relative of his, like calling sick on Peter's behalf. JJ sucks in this exchange, like hardcore, because he's <laughs> like... Well, you can't take who you can't take sick days. You have a job to do. Like, I guess I don't expect anything less from Jonah, but like, there's a difference between Peter just like flaking out and not showing up, and like being incredibly sick and having some having like an older relative vouch for him that he's sick. Like, okay, yes, yes, <laughs> definitely yes. Uh, people deserve sick days. People don't get enough sick days. Uh, it's a problem. But, but... this further complicates. <laughs> Our understanding of Peter's job. I don't I understand Peter's job. What is he calling out sick from? Why? What does he need to call? Like, what? what is he not going to? <laughs> Did Jonah call him? It doesn't seem like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, was the, that would be the only answer because we don't see the beginning of the call. So maybe Jonah did call him first because Jonah calls out like that they need pictures of Vulture's attack on Osborne. So, like, it's possible. It doesn't seem like the way it's framed. It doesn't seem like it. But it's possible that he called Peter first and then and then Peter slash old man Peter was like, well, he he's sick today, so he can't come in. And then that's how they get called out sick from that. But it doesn't s- seem like that's how it was written. So it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just I don't understand. I need a full write up of what Peter's job is. Please, thank you. <laughs> yeah, are you freelance or not? Are you working on a, on on hour? Do you have hours or not? Like are you hourly? Like what are you? I am are like you? almost impressed at the staff's commitment to never fully explain any like cohesive <laughs> sort of like expectations of what Peter Parker's job at the Daily Bugle is. Yeah. Cuz yeah. they write a number of scenes that pertain to his working there mm-hmm. but there's no through line there's yep. no through line almost or... every single time it's different yeah. like it's just like <laughs> i just show up when i want when i have pictures to sell here's here's a thousand dollars pete pete why aren't you here yet on the hour that you're here every day that you're here at the bugle 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's maybe I'm maybe we're just being punked this whole time. Maybe that's the joke. <laughs> maybe off screen he's actually been like he was promoted from freelance to being a staff photographer, ah. but then got fired from that and went back down to freelance and then back and forth. <laughs> and it's actually just like gone back and forth a bunch. And we just haven't seen the scenes of that because, you know, Jonah, Jonah's pretty quick to fire. So maybe that happened. And in universe, like Peter is an essential photographer for the Daily Bugle. Right. So if even if he ends up fired and we've seen this, right, even if he ends up fired, he he has so much leverage in getting his job back. Mm hmm simply by getting the pictures that he does so okay off screen sure (laughs) it's just funny because i think to like to like raimi's movies which uh have a pretty consistent like through line for it and there's the point in spider-man 3 where like the whole crux of like peter and eddie's like conflict is like getting a staff job at the bugle yeah and this is after peter's been working there for like five years or something mm-hmm. and it's like in this show he's a 19 year old that apparently has just been hired on and fired like 46 times uh-huh. if, uh-huh. if we want to track it so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't i oof, jameson you're confusing but yeah let the man take a sick day get out of here suck He's like, youth are so irresponsible. It's like, youth can get the flu too, buddy. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Hello, amazing friends. We'd just like to take a minute to give a special thank you to our spectacular and up patrons, Gemma Nicole, Katie, and Chris. And if you are interested in becoming a patron, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. We have three different tiers that you can opt into, the first of which is our $1 tier where you get early access to episodes, a bunch of Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes such as our Spider Bite mini-episodes, you get to participate in our Walloping Word Snappers interactive improv game, and you get your own random villain alter ego. If you join us at our spectacular level at $5, you will get all previous rewards in addition to our monthly After Dark commentary episodes, a downloadable high-quality poster of our logo art, a personal on-air shout-out on each episode we record while you're a patron, and a Twitter shout-out and Twitter and Instagram follow once you become a patron. And if you really love what we're doing and you want to be a part of it, you can join our amazing tier at $30 where... If you stick around at that amazing tier, you could guest on the episode. That's right. You could be on an episode of Walloping Web Snappers to talk about anything that you would like that is in the Spider-Man canon or mythos. So at the end of the day, it's you guys who lets us keep doing what we're doing. So thank you for that. No matter what level you're able to contribute or if you're just an avid listener who's stopping by, trust us, your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Thank you. Thanks. Well, Peter calls Dr. Connors and is on like his cell phone, on his cell his phone. very obviously a cell phone this time, right? Yep. Very obviously a cell phone. Yes, 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 yes. Which makes me wonder if um, how it's supposed to be didn't work out with the Mary Jane thing in the, that other episode way back. But I want to say that since Peter gets a call from Deborah on his home phone, but he as Spider-Man calls Dr. Connors, I wonder if he got this cell phone specifically for his Spider-Man life. So like if he calls someone from the cell phone, they're not gonna be able to see the caller ID that it's calling from Peter Parker's house. Oh, that makes tons of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it's what the implication is supposed to be because he calls Peter Parker as Spider-Man being like, yo, I'm old now. Can you fix me? Right. Um, Dr. Connors is like weird. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and they had, they meet at Toombs's neogenic lab. 
or arrange to meet at uh, at Toombs' Neogenic Lab. Dr. Connors is not questioning anything at this point. <laughs> and I why, mean, would why would he? Why, why would, would he? <laughs> but it's just so funny. We're just like, uh, oh, okay. All right. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't think he would know what to do if Peter came at him with like a normal problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he would get suspicious. Hey, Doc, I had like, I think I broke my arm. Can you, can you take a look at it? Um, are you sure you're Spider-Man? How can you prove to me you're the real Spider-Man? <laughs> the real Spider-Man has never broken his arm in his life. Yeah. Is it, a, is it, is it broken via mutation? Did it <laughs> explode out of your arm? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, this is this is where the episode gets well. It's it's been weird, but this is what I was going to say. Like, is this when it gets weird? <laughs> a, a unique a unique level of weird is hey, you remember back in like episode six that was originally written to be episode two, some guy named Doctor Farley Stillwell. Oh yeah, that remember guy. That guy who wasn't in the recap, so he's nope, back now. But should have been. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's back now, and apparently he went crazy at some point. He's in some kind of mental health care facility, um, running around thinking that Scorpion is going to kill him, and the uh, staff has to have to restrain him um, into his bed because they're like, oh, Scorpion's not going to kill you. And it's like, no, Neogenics, uh, the, the nightmare of Neogenics. Basically, he's the guy who created Scorpion way back when, and it drove him literally insane having dealt with creating Scorpion, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we do have it reaffirmed, I guess, if you don't remember, which most people probably didn't, that, that, that we get a flashback that shows that he created Scorpion. So <laughs> in case you forgot, which you did, and uh, Scorpion, to his horror, shows up in his hospital room and releases him from his restraints, demanding that Stillwell change him back to plain old Matt Gargan. Didn't you hate being plain old Matt Gargan because you kind of sucked when you were Matt Gargan? But okay. <laughs> it's really hard to figure out what he prefers. I don't think Scorpion knows. I think he's too dumb. Like, I think he's just like, I don't like being me. Oh, no, I don't like being this either. I'm changing back to me. Like, I don't think there's anything more to it. Yeah. The staff discover that Scorpion is in Stillwell's room, but what are they going to do about it? Scorpion just escapes with Stillwell, heading towards Tomb's Neogenics lab. You know, if Scorpion could get his shit together, he would be a terrifying foe. Uh huh. He's got like, a tail full of acid. Like you're, you, you, you got, you got, you, you've yeah. got abilities, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it has a claw on the end that we never see really get used. <laughs> nope, nope. Where does the acid come from? Like he doesn't resupply it. Does the suit like produce its own acid? Uh, I guess so. That's what I would have to assume. I mean, he does kind of have like that whole big pack on the back of him. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Um, so I, I guess that's probably where it comes it's from. Probably produced from his bodily fluids somehow. Ugh. I mean, that's the only way to explain it because he also like can't take the suit off. So like, it's all grafted onto his skin. I think. So is like, he, right? Is he one of the people in the Insidious Six episodes that does take his suit off though? Oh shit. <laughs> No, you're right. He can take his suit off. Never mind. Or he could in those two episodes. At least. I think it doesn't. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel oh, like his whole counts. deal, his whole deal in the Scorpion episode was that like he was just constantly mutating and like permanently in the Scorpion form. Yeah. 
and the suit was part of that form. So uh-huh. I think that's one of the things we were so aghast about whatever. in the yeah. <laughs> Insidious Six episodes. <laughs> All right, they don't count. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that he can't take it off because I think his his sweat and bodily fluids are creating that acid. So he's uh, <laughs> well, I guess that's okay. So that's a better thing to do with them than just like stewing them inside your suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's literally shooting like his like excrement at you. <laughs> uh, I mean, no need for transformation. It's literally just all the things his body's excreting yep. turns into disgusting material eating sludge. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Gross. So gross. Oof, boy. Well, let's get away from that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the next day, uh, the vulture appears at the neogenics lab where Dr. Connors is already working. Uh, he introduces himself as Tombs and explains his youth-stealing technology to Connors and basically, like, begins to transform into Man-Spider all over again. Um, he says, here's what's been happening. I took, you know, Spider-Man's youth, and now something's going on, and I don't know what to do about it. Help! <laughs> Dr. Connors has seen it all, so he's just yeah. sort of like, huh, okay, from a scientific standpoint, I think this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to add that apparently Vulture went home and changed his clothes because they are not tattered at all when he shows up to Dr. Connors' place after having transformed back from Man-Spider, only to rip them again as he transforms again. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, it is the next day, so I guess that's, you know, he he spent his evening uh, getting pampered up and changing (laughs) his clothing and making sure he was ready for the dock the next day. He's got to get that hair in perfect mullet. Oh, God, form, yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, okay, this isn't really a factor in this episode. So this is like the wildest tangent that I'm about to go on. Oh, really? This is going to be the wildest tangent that we've ever gone on? Sure. We've never talked about the structure of Deborah's hair. Okay, this is not what I expected at all. Okay. <laughs> so for just a moment, entertain this. Deborah's hair is kind of like a mullet with a ponytail. Yeah. Huh. It doesn't yeah. really curve at the back of her head. It's sort of like flat and cornered in the way that you might expect a very long mullet to be. Yeah, like the top of her head, it's almost like how they would draw like a buzz cut, like a like a high yeah. top buzz cut. Right. right. I well, yeah, so I go, well, what would her hair her hair would look terrible if she got it out of that ponytail. Yeah. Yeah, it would look awful. Yeah, Deborah, so, you know. Change Mullets abound. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. So Vulture might have a mullet, but I don't think it's the worst one in the show. No. Wow, you found something more terrifying. Terrifying? Terrifying. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's <laughs> the perfect word. <laughs> you found something more terrifying than Scorpion's, uh, like, cum shot acid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I'd take the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh actual stuff is happening in this episode that doesn't relate to deborah's horrifying terrifying mullet and that's dr connor's trying to figure out what's going on with the vulture and he he kind of figures that when vulture took spider-man's youth and energy he also took spider-man's mutant dna sure which sure <laughs> creates an interesting universe uh where science is this sure (laughs) and he states that he might be able to transfer that mutant dna back into spider-man 
revealing basically to Vulture that Spider-Man's still alive. Mm-hmm. So that comes back around. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the plan, right? Like, okay, you stole his mutant DNA. I'll take it out of you and put it back into Spider-Man. Yeah. Yep. 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 Sure. I, I buy it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. Good thing he's been stealing youth and life force. Otherwise, this would be ridiculous. Right. 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 It's fine. <laughs> it makes sense. It's fine. Just then, Scorpion arrives uh, just to complicate everything with Dr. Stillwell. And he's like, right off the bat, installing, uh, insulting Vulture. Just like pulling off Peter Parker and Deborah Whitman, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, what's with them wings? And why are you wearing that dumb green costume? You some kind of <laughs> nut or something? <laughs> Oh, boy. Jokes. It's wonderful. The writing staff has jokes. <laughs> that was, and it's, you know what? Props to, uh, what's his name? I think Herbert Landau is his name. Props to him for his uh, clearly having fun with that delivery, too. Yes, yes, yes. You have to. You have you to. Have to. <laughs> you have to. You have to. You're lying in dumb green costume. Are you a nut or something? Mm-hmm. Well, Vulture is just like, you're not interrupting right now. And just like tackles him. <laughs> like, like that's his response. Yep. Don't interrupt me. Poof, shove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So um, he then after the tackling, he uh, he demands the location of Spider-Man for Dr. Connors. What's weird is that we had a line back in the Tablet of Time or the second Tablet of Time episode where like. They were like, the healing energy of the Tablet of Time must have, like, cured you of being the lizard, which I guess you could take either way. Like, they, the way that they were saying it really made it sound like it cured him of being the lizard because then he was like, yep. Spider-Man can cure you of your mutation disease. But apparently it just, like, made him – it cured him of being the lizard at that moment, but he still has a lizard inside of him mm-hmm. because he, again, is getting stressed out and turning into the lizard again. Yeah. It, that's a weird sequence of events. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't feel like the lizard was necessary in this episode at all. Like, I feel like I, I get the idea because they want to amp up the, the like kind of bittersweetness of the end of it. Because I'd be like, Connor still hasn't healed yet. And having the lizard there is like the the other, like the first, kind of the first and last remnant of neogenics that's like all collided in, into this where, with everyone else who's affected by neogenics. So I get it. But like... It just feels so perfunctory <laughs> in this episode. Like every almost transformation and then the final transformation that lasts for like three seconds. Like, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why I'm split on it. Right. Cause like you probably could have told the same story without him actually transforming. So you don't really need the lizard himself there. You could have still gotten some of that impact of Connors being like, Oh, I needed that. Yeah. But I guess, but it, I guess the, to really demonstrate that he's not cured. I guess that's how they're pulling that off. Yeah. But they probably could have just done the eyes and hands thing without like full blown transformation. Cause once the lizard shows up, like I wouldn't be, I would be down with it if it was a really cool, like wild chaotic action sequence with, with lizard vulture, Spider-Man and Scorpion, but they don't really do much. Like lizard doesn't really, he like he- gets headbutt Scorpion and that's about it. Like that's all he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, like, butt. immediately passes out. So, like, it's not – not uh, it doesn't really add much to it when, you know, it could have been fun, but uh, it didn't really add anything. Yeah, that's that's true. Ugh. I just hate saying, like, 
no lizard. I know because I do like the. It's fine. Like it doesn't. I guess it doesn't. It's being too hard on it because it doesn't hurt it at all. It's more just like, I I think I think it's also through the lens of like I, any time that was spent on that aspect of it could have been, I anything that seems like superfluous. I wish could have been spent on like developing vulture better or something like sure. you know. So yeah, know. no, that make that makes sense. It, it's it's hard when when there's like something that otherwise you might like just fine because like I do like the lizard. But yeah, yeah, you can't just be there to be there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's still, but then again, then again, then again, they're playing with all these pieces that already exist, and you know, it it, it makes sense for him to turn in. It makes sense for him to be stressed out in this moment and turn into the lizard. So like, also logically. Like, in terms of, like, that aspect of the narrative, it makes sense. But like you said, it could have been a bunch of, like, almost transformations to amp up the tension without him going full lizard necessarily. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm picking apart, picking it apart a little too much. It's just, like, this, but this, this episode is sort of, has a lot of that stuff where, like, there's so much, like, almost good and then there's just, like, a lot of, like, little nitpicks that are just kind of weird. Like, it feels kind of, like, not – some of the screws are just, like, a little bit loose in this one, which it hurts a little more for it being a season-ender episode. Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, Connors does end up transforming into the lizard um, as a result of, of all that stress you're talking about. Um, Scorpion sort of intervenes in that altercation and tackles the vulture back. Um, and the two begin to clash the vulture and Scorpion and in their clashing destroy a bunch of lab equipment, which is stupid of them. <laughs> yep, very dumb. Still very, well, very dumb. He literally, like, Scorpion literally like melts a bunch of computer, mel- uh, melts like a huh? computer with his acid and Stillwell's like, dude, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think is going to save you? How can we save you with science if you destroy all the science? Yep. Yep. While they're sort of like clashing, the vulture nearly drops an air duct on top of Dr. Connors. And Scorpion actually ends up saving him, basically saying like, you know what? I might actually need you later. So I'm not going to let you get killed. I like that. It's funny. (laughs) Yes. So when he's kind of safe from (laughs) the immediate danger... Connors then stops transforming. So we have this like weird scene where like his hand is sort of transformed and his <laughs> eyes are sort of transformed. It's funny. And then to, that just like reverses. It's funny to think of the idea where it was just like, <laughs> where it's like all of this is still happening around him, but he's like, Oh no, I'm relaxed now. It's fine. I'm yeah. Good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Everyone's all the villains are fighting around me, but the air duct isn't falling on me. That was the only cause of my stress. Yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, like I don't mind a lot of the lizard stuff. That's like the only thing that I was sort of like, that's sort of weird. Yeah. Otherwise, like I kind of like the, the, the buildup and the little bits and pieces that we get. Like we do see his eyes begin to transform. The tension of it is good. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that is a weird sort of like way to just like (laughs) get rid of some of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It stalls it a little bit, I suppose. (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. Scorpion saved me right before he's probably going to kill me later. Like, (laughs) Uh yeah. yeah. All right, bud. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's like a distraction thing, right? Like when he says, I might need you later, it like jars him out of the, I don't know, like knocks, knocks his his sort of thought process a little bit. Who knows? Maybe Connor has been practicing like mindfulness activities and stuff. And like, he's, he's been like learning how to like, I don't know, like when, as soon as there's an opening to like be like a, this to de-stress a little bit, he can like go inside of himself and like 
release yeah. the stress. Yeah. 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 Sure. Whatever. We'll go with that. <laughs> well, this is when Scorpion ends up like destroying that computer you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and Stillwell again is just sort of like, dude, what the hell? Like you need that. Um, Vulture actually overhears that and realizes like, wait a second, if Scorpion needs the Neogenics data, we could kind of work together on this. Like we could both get something out of this. So they, they team up and basically say like, okay, well, Scorpion, you're going to help with the Spider-Man part and Vulture, you're going to help with the Neogenics part. So Scorpion gets the Neogenics stuff out of it. Vulture gets the Spider-Man stuff out of it. And they're like, okay, cool deal, which it's fine. Like it, it, it kind of works out from that. Like we're attacking each other, but don't quite know each other's motivations yet. Yeah. It's, it's like a little bit like the, um, is it the infinity war, like star Lord Iron Man thing where they're like fighting each other and then are like, wait a second. Yeah. Wait, you need that. Oh wait, we could. Okay. All right. All right, everybody <laughs> calm down. <laughs> right. Right. They have their own little moment. <laughs> and yeah. once things sort of like calm down, Connors is like, Okay, cool. Uh, so you guys both want Spider-Man. I don't think I can stop you or make you leave. Uh, I guess I'll let you know that Spider-Man is actually coming here in just a little bit. And they're like, cool. <laughs> yup. Yup. So, hey, that's going to work out for everybody, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's kind of interesting. This This is – they do this cool thing – over the course of this episode where once you know where it goes, you kind of see all of the things leading up to it. And I'm talking specifically about Dr. Connors. So like, this is a thing. This is probably like the second thing, if not the third thing where Connors says something that is totally normal in context. Mm -hmm. But when you realize what he was doing the whole time, you're like, Oh shit. Like that was actually really smart. The first of which is sort of talking about like, oh, you absorbed Spider-Man's mutant DNA. I could probably transfer that back. Like, that? You're like, oh, shit, no, dude, why would you do that? But it's not weird out of context. He's being confronted by Vulture. Then this, he's being confronted by two bad guys, and he's like, he explains himself, like, I guess I can't stop you, so he's going to be here, you know? Like, yeah, he, he's this pretty... guy who's been, like, like whipped around back and forth for all kinds of people's stuff. So when he does actually get to this point and he's sort of resigned you're not really questioning it that's true you know that's true because and he's kind of this is actually this episode is sort of like a really quiet little character culmination for him considering mm-hmm. like you're saying he's in bat around so freaking much by people and kidnapped out the wazoo and like <laughs> taken hostage constantly like getting mutated over and over again and like this is kind of his big win moment where he he essentially saves the day yeah <laughs> through like just pure ingenuity and like and like wits and and like you know is able to to finally i mean he still doesn't really get what he wants because he still has like a pretty major loss at the end of it but right but he saves the day finally you know it's it's kind of nice to see him be yeah. able to, to be to to get something good go his way for once well it's one of those things where like there's so many things from from day one of this show, right? Like the premiere of this show, you see all these little things in Dr. Connor's life that just keep cracking and cracking and cracking and cracking. Yeah. And like to the point where there's just like barely, barely anything there. And you're like, all of this is going to shatter. But by the end of the episode, you sort of realize like as thin as the ice is, like there's no cow on the ice to actually break it. Like nothing's going to get through that. Um, he doesn't get what he wants, but like he's still able to like 
put everything together to do something productive. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it is it is interesting cuz, you know, with a, with a character like Dr. Connors, I think that's why the lizard the like the Dr. Connors lizard dynamic is so cool just in general because it could go one way or the other, right? Like depending on how he's written and how things go, it could be that like all of the madness in his life and like the kind of Jekyll Hyde aspect of him could lead him to just being like fucking everything sucks and I'm evil now, which yeah. has happened at varying points in the comics. And he's like, oh, like, dang, I ate my son. This is sad. <laughs> like, Jesus. it could go in that direction. <laughs> right. Or it can go in this direction where it's sort of like it's actually kind of an inspiring story where he's able to, like, persevere in spite of that, um, which, you know, like you said, we've seen him face a lot of shit and uh, the ice never cracks. He's actually able to, like, hold it together and be more together than pretty much anyone else in this episode is. And that's yeah. pretty cool. But it makes you care about him more, too. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, when he doesn't get what he wants, it's like, it sucks because he's the one that kind of figured everything out in this episode. It does. <laughs> so you're like, That's well, shit, true. you actually deserved getting what you needed or what you wanted, and you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So that's – we'll put a pin in Dr. Connors' plan for later because that's going to come back into play shortly. Um, we don't even know there's a plan yet. Um, so right. spoiler yeah, alert, guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Like to this point, <laughs> we still don't even realize he's up to anything. I just – I don't know. I was thinking so much about but, but how cool those little hints are along it, the way. It works because I didn't see it. I didn't really see it yeah. coming that he was planning it all – that he was planning it all along. So right. and, like I don't, and I don't think you're meant to. Before heading to the lab, Peter decides he wants to leave a note for MJ because he he doesn't think he's going to be able to meet up with her and her father. So he plans to leave a note, uh, but she opens the door right as he arrives. Um, of course, Peter's like, oh, Mary Jane, oh, no. Um, and she's like, you know my name? Who are you? And then assumes that if he's an old man who knows her name, he must be her father. Uh. And it's uh yeah she's like are you my father and he's like gets freaked out and runs away and she's like no don't leave, don't abandon me again it's actually really terrible it's awful it's awful uh, it's so, so mean bad. it's it's a great like a little like from a writer's yeah. side like it's a great little tragic knife in the gut oh yeah my, my only issue with it and i hate that i have this issue with it because I love the idea of it. It's just that, like, I feel like we're kind of led to believe that it wasn't like she doesn't remember who her father is. So, like, I feel like it would be a case where she'd recognize it. It's it's weird that, like, she doesn't – wouldn't know what he looks like. But I guess we're not told, like, what age she was. So maybe he left when she was, like, two or something. I don't know. Yeah. All we really know – because I, I believe Peter said in the last episode, when you were really young – but I, yeah. or, or something to that effect, but it's never really super clear. And I don't know if the Hydro Man episode gives us that same impression. That's true. So I guess... I'm not I mean, really sure. It's not clear. So I guess if if you go by, like, she was really young when he left, it's possible she doesn't know what he looks like or might not know how much she would age. So I am I will go by that because I want to believe that because I like how, like, awful mm-hmm. and tragic and, like, knife in the gut this is. Uh, yeah, it's wrenching. <laughs> yeah. Well, when he's running away, <laughs> I love, you know, we haven't even brought up <laughs> in all of the previous episodes uh, how many people have just been running away from situations. Dude, but, I love uh, it. This I love is it. Everyone runs. I love it. Everyone Every time runs. someone runs away, I'm into it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in this case, Peter runs away and is nearly hit by a car. <laughs> 
he he manages to jump out of the way and sort of like lands on the curb and actually aunt may finds him there fallen on the curb which is sort of an interesting twist i get why they're doing it though i get why they want everybody to interact with him yeah while he's old because it's really devastating for him to know who they are and for none of them to recognize who he is it really right. really drives home the point that like his life is dramatically changed and and he can't have what he had before uh, uh-huh. in the way he had it. And it gets all the people in his orbit to have a nice little moment for the last episode of the season, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this prompts him to sort of, like, worry, like, what happens to Aunt May if I don't revert back to myself? Like, can I even take care of her if I'm trying to figure out my own shit and take care of myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also being, like, an elderly person. Right. And, you know, while he's thinking all this sort of stuff, May is just doing her her caregiver thing and she like gives him coffee or cocoa or whatever it is. And then I actually kind of love this. She never succeeds in giving Peter a sweater until he's like an old man. (laughs) When she gives a stranger Peter's sweater and it happens to be Peter and she doesn't know it. Oh my God, that's genius. I didn't make that connection. That is brilliant. Because she gives it to him and she's like, oh, Peter won't mind. (laughs) Well, yeah, because he never actually takes the damn sweater. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she oh, got what she wow. wanted and doesn't even know it <laughs> oh that's so good oh my god wow. oh it's so funny is this it's episode so actually funny. great actually <laughs> the sweater convinced you huh <laughs> these two scenes back to back are really good yeah 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 well i think well if anything i think it's it's a it really just supports kind of what we were talking about last week where the character driven stuff is really the stuff that shines. Yeah. Um, sort of our regular players are the things that really land well. Uh, mm-hmm. And that I think that is the case here because I think the Dr. Connor stuff works well, if not necessarily his full transformation, his journey and the MJ and Aunt May stuff really works well. I think Absolutely. so. I agree. Yeah. So, Spider-Man does arrive at the Tomb's Neogenics lab, intending to meet up with Doc Connors. But Scorpion, who, like, Scorpion and Vulture and all them are kind of waiting in the, sc- in the sidelines for some, like, I guess. Is I there guess, a like, gallery? Like, is there, or what, like a balcony? Is there... Yeah, there's, like, a balcony. I mean, we never see, like, the roof of this giant lab, so, like, it's possible, maybe. Maybe yeah. it's, like, one of the, like, a like an operating theater or whatever. Maybe you can, Ooh. like, watch them do neogenics research. That'd be cool, I guess. I mean, yeah. you know, that's neat. Are they looking through a window, or are they, like, like where are they? I don't, I don't remember. It doesn't, I don't, I think that they're literally just, like, in the shadows, like, up okay. high somewhere. So well, I don't then think I choose to believe that you can go watch Neogenics research and they're just like waiting in the stands. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm cool with that. Peter's only been there once, so <laughs> he doesn't really know the lay of the land. Yeah. Maybe yeah. twice. Because they're all they're all waiting there for um for Spidey to come in and they actually like Scorpion is like something's different about him. Spidey does attempt to talk with Dr. Connors, but they can't really get very far before Scorpion jumps right in and ambushes him and restrains him. So that kind of sucks. Is it? I don't know if it's in this one or the next one, next scene, like right after this, but at one point, like Spider-Man is like, Dr. Connors, you set me up. I I thought I could trust you. And it's kind of devastating. Yeah, it it, it is. This one, I, I think he says that just in a little bit. This is one where he begins to talk to Dr. Connors and Dr. Connors is like, oh, Spider-Man. And then like turns around basically. Mm-hmm. And you realize like after all is said and done, 
the only way this whole plan would have worked is if like again we, we haven't even gotten to the plan but we know that he has a plan none mm-hmm. of it would have worked if dr connor's like actually warned spidey like he needed spider-man to not suspect anything so it's it's yeah it's kind of it sucks the whole way because you're like dr connor is like just give him a heads up man <laughs> like just do something like let him know, know. Uh, but he can't he can't and we know that after the fact but in the moment you're just like connor's why <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of brilliant honestly like how it's all how it's all put together because yeah they hide they hide the reveal very well yeah yeah so we get this uh like strange i guess it's not that strange but we get this <laughs> time jump like and we're told that it's hours later, uh, so I, they explain it away like right right off the bat. But hours later, we find that Doctor Connors has finished tweaking Vulture's talons, the youth draining talons, in order to transfer the mutant DNA back to Spider Man. That's kind of what he's been working on. Spider Man's been restrained <laughs> this whole time, and that's exactly what Vulture goes on to do. He's like, "All right, well, they're done now, so Spider Man, get over here." He attempts to carry out that transfer. But here's the reveal. Instead of keeping Spider-Man's youth and transferring the mutant DNA back into Spider-Man, Vulture re-ages and retains the mutant DNA. As a result, Vulture begins to transform back into Man-Spider in the most horrifying way possible. And Spider-Man revitalizes back into like youthful Peter Parker Spider-Man. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It's uh it's funny cuz um Vulture like is is like oh you double crossed me or maybe Scorpion says it. Somebody is like oh you double crossed us. And it's I mean it's it's funny because like they hide the reveal really well so it's a surprise when you realize that Connors isn't playing him. But then like in retrospect, the fact that like they gave Connors enough like power to do all of this stuff without like checking yep. anything. It's like ugh, Obviously, he was going to double cross you, dude. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously. Oh, yeah. He plays them so hard. <laughs> and I love that the show, which otherwise, I think in other episodes, might have told us along the way that was happening. Uh-huh. I love that they don't. Yeah, I do I, too. I don't necessarily expect this show to be that show. I think I said in either this or last week's episode, straightforwardly, like, this show doesn't go for the big reveal, typically. Yeah. But this episode really does, and I don't know if it's just because they were thinking, all right, well, it's a season closer. Like, let's do something big. I don't know that this qualifies as big. <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a triumphant like character moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, it's not it's like a big go big or go home kind of thing for a season finale. But I think it's it's like the first like a big like kind of fist pumpy win that yeah. you get in 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 this whole two parter. For sure. For sure. I think it's uh, you're talking about the somebody somebody shouting out the double cross thing. Yeah, I think like Scorpion says something about like it didn't work or whatever or something to that effect. And I think Vulture says something like, "No, it worked exactly the way he meant for it," or I I don't know something like that. Or yeah. it is something strange where like Vulture realizes pretty quickly that there's no mistake there, and and Doctor Connors did it on purpose. Right, that makes sense. Vulture also calls for Scorpion to help, but before Scorpion can attack Dr. Connors, uh, Spider-Man intervenes. He has a nice little, I'm back. (laughs) Which is lovely. I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. (laughs) So while Scorpion and Spidey are battling Stillwell, who is still there, by the way, Ah. he's like, I want to blow stuff up now. Wait, yeah, what has he been doing this whole time? I mean, I guess in 
theory maybe he was helping Connors and we just didn't see huh. it. I don't know. I honestly didn't or think about it until right now. <laughs> just being held hostage in case they need him. Like, I'm actually surprised that they didn't have him, like, check behind Dr. Connors' work or something because you know or maybe he was just like they felt like he was too far gone to really do anything at this point since they had connor's maybe i guess so yeah yeah Hmm. yeah he's just kind of there just specifically to make this end moment happen really and to be able to have like a final monologue (laughs) that's spelling out kind of like the the closing Hmm. of the arc essentially i'm just like trying to think like what he and maybe this isn't even worth exploring but i'm just trying to think of like how he would even be reacting to everything that's happening so like if dr connors is having him check work how does still one is still well well enough to help and two is he playing along with dr connors in such a way to not let scorpion and vulture know that something's up i don't really know because we don't know still well enough yeah to know how he might react to that i do think what we do know about him is that he's full of regret. Obviously, it's driven him to a point of of mental unwellness. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that affects his view of Vulture. <laughs> mm. ah, I don't I th- know. I Maybe think it's not he, worth talking th- too much about. <laughs> I think that he's so like singularly laser focused that it doesn't that it doesn't really probably what's happening around him doesn't really matter because all it's doing is reinforcing his belief that Neogenics is like a horrible thing that should be destroyed. Yeah. Which leads him to do what he does here. So yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't think he would have, I think he, if anything, he would have just like either appeared or acted to be as crazy as possible. And they would have just been like, let's just have Dr. Connors do this. <laughs> well, I guess in theory, like if, if, if they accomplish what they mean to accomplish, Vulture stays young and Scorpion is able to be cured with the neogenic stuff. So Stillwell would go along with that, right? Yeah. So he's probably just chilling until they can reverse Scorpion's situation. Yeah, yeah. Or until he gets the opportunity to... Do this! Dial in a self-destruct sequence! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he literally just, like, types a bunch of stuff on the computer, which Connors is like, yo, what are you doing? Uh, And Stillwell's like, I'm going to... Make everything blow up and destroy the neogenic recombinator for good. Connors is kind of like reasserting, like, I need it to cure me. Stillwell's like, cure you? Why? Why? You look fine to me. (laughs) That's when we get uh, a couple of shots from the very first episode of the show that they splice in. Mm -hmm. uh, Because it's a very different, differently colored, differently shadowed, differently animated uh, sequence of Connors looking at his hands transforming into the lizard. This is where we get, like, tons of recycled tons, footage. Tons, like, the beginning tons. of tons of recycled footage. Tons. There's so much of it here. Yeah. Yep. They were short a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, like, it sucks because it's, like, they're in, like, the... The, the the set is cool, but, like, the actual backgrounds when you're in the fight sequences, it's just going to look like a generic lab that they've had fights in before. Yeah. So, like, in theory, it shouldn't be a big deal, but, like... It's just like their terrible luck, I guess, that the only episodes they have to pull from are episodes that either in the Blizzard episode, the animation looked wildly different and a lot more fluid and better yeah, um, and colored differently. Or in the Scorpion episode, his design was just completely uh, different. So, like, there's no way to make it work from what uh, they have. Uh, uh, yeah, let's get into that part. Because once he transforms into the Lizard... He begins to attack Stillwell, but Spidey manages to intervene. And then Scorpion and Lizard headbutt each other. (laughs) 
And then after this moment, pretty much all the scorpion footage is just all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes he has green skin and fangs. Sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> I really wish that the scorpion thing was as he gets angrier and fights more, he gets greener and scarier. If they had established that, I think that would have helped yeah. them a lot because then they could yes. reuse as much footage as they wanted. Because that's the thing is like, uh-huh. I really, I understand why they have to do it. I don't mind sure. them recycling footage. The only issue with it is just when it's so, so obviously not from the same episode that it just takes you out of it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just cuts back and forth and back and forth. It's not like all of the green skin, yellow eyed scorpion stuff is after all of the regular Mac Gargan flesh tone scorpion right. stuff. Like it, it just goes back and forth. And back yeah. And forth. Yeah. Ugh. Nah. I love that they headbutt each other though. That is the funniest that's, thing. I was laughing so, so hard that that's what they do. I don't know why that cracked me well, up. Well, because so much. it's like it makes sense for the lizard, I guess, because he's a lot more animalistic. So he's just like gonna do something like that. But it's, <laughs> it, but, it, but it's like there's no reason for Matt Gargan to be doing that. To be, I mean, other than he's running, kind of an idiot, <laughs> right? That's the thing. But that's the thing. It just makes him look extra stupid, and that's what makes yeah. it so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, well, after they headbutt each other, the Neogenic Recombinator does begin to explode the way that Stillwell intended and kind of goes haywire. So much recycled Recombinator footage. One of the shots that they use is the uh, the one where it, like, goes wild and creates that, like, big purple explosion uh, with Tombstone and the iconic I Don't Breathe line. Uh-huh. That's one of the things they use. They use some explosion sequences that are clearly not from this episode. Of course. Uh, they use some, like, spinning stuff that I think was probably from the shipyard. Like, it's just like, it's, yep. they're just like, what Combinator stuff do we have? Put it all together. Use all of it. <laughs> and since it's like explosion stuff, it like doesn't really matter. It's just funny because you're like, wow, that's like five different episodes you pulled from. Yep. yep. It's almost impressive. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's almost a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, yeah. So, and by the way, the ray also hits Dr. Connors or hits the lizard and transforms him back to Dr. Connors. Yes. Uh, just in case you're wondering, so that works. The lizard almost kind of like walks into it, so like, or falls into it, I guess. So maybe it was his Dr. Connors part hmm. of his brain, like willing himself to do it. Who knows? Could be. But yeah, so Dr. Connors is human again, which means that Spidey is able to grab him and swing him right out just before the building explodes. He's good at that. He is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> And that's when Connors, like, fully explains, like, hey, um, so, you know that mutation disease that's been, like, a through line throughout the last 14 episodes of our lives? <laughs> You're cured of that now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I got rid of it, man. Yeah. It's funny because it's, like, they've been looking for, like, a very, like, scientific medical medical cure and then, like, a very magical cure. Like, every every type of, like, cure to be, like, can we solve this within your body? And, like, the the solution is just, like, we'll just cut it out and put it somewhere else. I know, right? That's so funny. Like, they don't actually come up with a cure for it. They just literally give the illness to a bad guy. I know. It's so funny. It's so Which funny. It's like, I mean... Luckily, we don't like Vulture because what a horrible thing to do to somebody. <laughs> no, it's like really fucked up, but it's like, I guess that's the the one upside to how underdeveloped he is, is that like literally the only characterization of him is that he's an asshole. So it's like, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, this okay. kind of makes him more cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Finally gives him another dimension. So that's nice. Yeah. I'm a little worried about like what Dr. Connor's idea of justice is, but that's probably another episode. I mean, you know what? He has been through a lot. So that's true. He's, he's seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like you go home and, and, and Margaret's like, Oh, how was your day dear? And he's like, you know, I gave a I gave a debilitating mutation disease to a flying vulture man, and now he's going to be permanently transitioning from human to like <laughs> to to mutant s- s- six arm Spider Man, like mm-hmm. repeatedly for the rest of his life, probably. Oh well, oh, and before that, I reverted him back into a frail old man after he had been super like full of vitality in life. Yeah, so he's basically <laughs> just going to be miserable for the rest of his life until he dies. Oh, okay. Do you want a pork chop tonight, honey? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. They're Thanks, just like sh- shell shocked at this uh-huh. point. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> like, what did you do today? Today at school, Billy? <laughs> like, oh gosh, yeah. I had more nightmares, Daddy. Oh god, yeah. That's oh man. Can you imagine them doing the like, "How was your day?" Like around the table in the Connors household, especially this Connors household where Margaret isn't like a fellow scientist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is long for the ride. <laughs> like, I just, I'm always happy for the day that I'm not kidnapped, Kurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Oy, oy, oy. Then, still well, ever the drama queen approaches them out of the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, emerges from the smoke. <laughs> and he's like, so... You know this neogenic nightmare that we've been living in uh-huh. for the past 14 episodes? Well, <laughs> the nightmare of neogenics is finally over. You were right all those months ago months, to say neogenics was by bad. The way. Months. I know, months. Yeah, Which okay. means that these two seasons took place over months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, I guess like... All the Morbius stuff was like six episodes that that took place over just like two or three days. So I guess that's reasonable. Although we, hold on. When did we see Stillwell last? I think it was the Scorpion episode, right? Back in episode six. Did we, we might've seen him in the Insidious six episodes though. But I think the conversation he's referencing is from the first episode. First episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's for episodes. sure. That's okay. That's definite. Yeah. 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 Months. So. Yeah, months. Wow, what a what a wild month. What's wild? Like six or so months it's been for New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. I guess like we have no reason to believe that they've progressed any further than that, based on the little that we've seen of the school life of Peter Parker. That's true. That's true. That's sort of like a good metric. Yeah, there's no indication that time has passed. Time passed between the first and second seasons. So like, yeah, that's only that's like you know twenty. Even if it was week to week, which it isn't because some episodes take place over just a span of days, that would still only be like 26 weeks that we've seen roughly. So like less than that, you know? So it kind of checks out. It's just a lot of stuff has happened. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah. He gives and he gives this whole epic little speech about like the only research that's left is in my head. (laughs) <laughs> and then oh, then he's like he walks off into the darkness and says you'll never see me again so is he i mean i guess is he killing himself like is that what's happening right now i don't know because like he can't just walk forever they'll find him <laughs> right. that's why i feel like is he just gonna go hang himself i mean it's dark but like 
I feel like the headspace that he's in, because he specifies like the only, the only thing about only information about Neogenics is in my head, and then you'll never see me again. Like well, that's kind of the you know. I would like to think <laughs> that instead of that, um, he is lucid enough in his mental state to understand the stakes, but also like still sort of unwell and. Maybe that somehow plays into it. I don't know if this is like further pushing him into <laughs> what, you know, whatever he was, what whatever trauma he was sort of like living through uh, in, in the sort of like care facility or whatever. But mm. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Spider-Man could have like given him a lift to the healthcare facility or something but yeah i guess he Go doesn't back to the hospital man i know i guess he doesn't know that that's where stillwell was and he doesn't and i'm sure he's just like whatever dude <laughs> like oh, i don't well, hey maybe that's it then maybe he's just going back to the hospital and he's just gonna live in his room yeah and no he, they won't ever see him again because they don't know they don't know where he's at oh that's true <laughs> that's true okay let's go with that that's does he believe that scorpion is dead i think everybody believes everybody okay. else is dead is the vibe well, then... that i'm getting Stillwell goes back to the hospital, just stays in his room, and, you know, sleeps soundly now that he thinks Scorpion's dead. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can go with that. That's fine. Yeah. I don't know why I care that much about Stillwell. It's just really dark. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, if this were if this were not, uh, the, like, an animated cartoon for kids, I, I think you would be 100% right, and they would make it super-duper clear that that's what was happening. Yeah, there'd be a whole, like, musical sting montage at the end of this, like, catching up with everyone, and you'd just see, like, Uh, a pan up from the floor uh, to his feet hanging from the ceiling or whatever. Like, they would do bullshit like that, I'm sure. uh, (laughs) I would rather he just, like, walks into the... Sea? River, I was gonna say. Oh, the river! Yes, 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 yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's better. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just gonna walk into the river and never be seen again. Where everyone just yeah, things just go to disappear. Yeah, he's gonna hang out with the spider slayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. But unfortunately for Connors, he's like, dang, that was the only way to cure myself. But uh, I guess I have to start over. Shoot. But you know, you're a smart guy. You can do it, buddy. Yeah, he'll figure it out. Yeah, and they do mention, I think that's where they do kind of call out, where, where the, I don't know what leads them to say this, but I think Spider-Man's just like, I guess everyone else died in the explosion, or was destroyed, or was lost in the explosion. Yeah, I, then, think, I think they just say like, oh, I don't think they made it out. Yeah, 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 because yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scorpion says a similar thing when we see him, where he's just like, everything's gone, because um, we kind of get a little... Uh, like we cut away to everybody essentially we see the man spider like full-on man spider vulture flying and he's just like it's all gone it's all gone my chance to to be cured i have to hide somewhere where i can't be seen and scorpion kind of says a similar thing where he's just like everybody's gone i can't be cured oh no yeah yeah which i like that i like that everyone is just like dang (laughs) (laughs) no one no one no one really checked beyond like their vicinity of where they were i mean i guess you can't see anything in the smoke and they're just like assuming that everyone else died so that's kind of cool yeah yeah it allows for the shocking reunion of these characters at some point yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) well the episode and the season ends with spider-man web-slinging to meet with mary jane and her father Basically, is like, man, now that I don't have all this shit to worry about, I can take care of what really matters, Mary Jane. 
Um, but he just barely misses them. We do see Mary Jane sort of like standing on a corner waiting for Peter, waiting for her father, um, super nervous. And when Peter actually gets there, he sees Mary Jane walk off with a man uh, just very briefly. And when he turns the corner uh, of the block to follow them, they're just gone. He has no like he doesn't see them anywhere. No idea where they went. And you get the sort of like, what happened? Where'd they go? And then season ends. Yeah, it should have been Mary Jane should have been a little sketched out. Because her dad was literally walking in the middle of the empty road towards her. (laughs) (laughs) I also like, so I won't say specifically why I know this couldn't have worked. Because if you watch on Disney Plus, the next thumbnail kind of gives some stuff away. Uh, Yeah. But like just in case you are watching these for the first time. But if I were Mary Jane, I feel like I'd be like, hey, dad, like, hold on. A friend is meeting us here. Can we wait a sec? But for reasons that probably wouldn't have worked. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think she's also like I think she's so fed up with Peter that she, that I think she's not really giving him a chance to be late at this point. It's like yeah, he didn't meet you right true. on time, so fuck him. Cuz she even true. says as much um she doesn't say fuck him, but she does say like <laughs> like he let me down again. Um and he probably it probably is like like 5 minutes after or something. That's true. I you know what? I I would do the same. I feel yeah. you, Mary Jane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to be late all the time. <laughs> yup. Yup. So, uh, well, mystery established for the next season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, faces. Faces. The final faces of the season, actually. There are a couple of good ones. <laughs> the first one, it's a very strange, just sort of off-model close-up shot of dr kurt connors but he's super cute he's got big eyes his eyes are super green and shiny he's smiling he's radiant (laughs) uh and he just he looks like he's you know looking at a super cute platter of like colorful gummies or something I don't know. He just looks joyful. Yeah. It's definitely from, it's definitely reused from the first episode, from the first episode, from the first episode. Can I, rem- I remember that shot from that episode. Should we not use no, it? No, no, it's oh. fine. Cause we didn't mention it in that episode, but I, and I think that speaks to how much footage is reused that they even reuse the really weird <laughs> off model shots. Cause it's so, cause it's even more off putting. Cause right after this close up of him, they then immediately, cuts to like a far like a like a mid shot of him in his normal model and it's like very off-putting how different he looks between the two yeah it's like way different his could just on this show could be an entirely different character different (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah like his his jawline and like chin are just like wildly different and everything Uh uh uh-huh and i can't get over the like bright green eyes i know it's so charming (laughs) yeah yeah and then we would be remiss not to grab a shot of the second or third. I'm not really sure which transformation this is of the vulture into man spider, yeah. but it's by far the most horrifying. Oh God. Yep. I would He's not, not <laughs> it, like if you were to give this a percentage, it's like straight up 50% transformed. Like Ugh. it's, he's, kind of human-y but he's still got six arms and his skin color's not right but like his head shape's almost correct and he's got a nose but he's got six eyes but they're not Uh fully four like it's just it's yeah well that's the thing is because in all this it's like they're basically picking out like what would have been 
like the kind of like mid frame stuff that would normally only be held for a second yeah. like during tra- big transformations, but they're like picking them out and making that like the form that he stays in for a little yeah. while. And that's what makes it so horrifying. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's, I think, you know, it's, it's, they actually kind of like write in why this is possible, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. They, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Connor says like, Spider-Man's body is the only body that can probably handle this. And that's why this is all totally screwed up for you. And so we get very different versions of man spider out of Adrian Toome's body. And this is just so cool. the perfect example of how gross it can be <laughs> for the wrong body. It's awful, but it's so cool. Yeah. Like it's so cool that they, that they t- took the time to do that because they didn't have to, but it makes it, yeah, it makes yep. it all the more horrifying. Oh, yeah. So gross. You know so what we gross. didn't mention about Adrian Toomes and his transformations? Mm-hmm. When he, this is not Man Spider related, but just Adrian Toomes related. When he transforms from young Adrian Toomes back into old Adrian Toomes, it's not like he's aging back into old Adrian Toomes. He's like literally transforming back into old Adrian Toomes. So it's not like he's, it's not like his hair is falling out because he's balding. It like sucks back into his head. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. it's such a weird way to do it, and it makes it that much more unsettling. But that's yeah. – I mean, that's what this whole season has done so well. It's just, like, these unsettling not, – not gross necessarily, but just unsettling body transformations and definitely culminates into this really gross dis- – uh, this one's still not even that gross. Like, it's just – it's creepy. It's just creepy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's an aspect of the season that I really or that this this episode that I really do like is how it culminates the neogenic nightmare like as a oh. concept <laughs> into into yes. this. Like I think this is a good culmination of all that. I have problems with the characters involved and how they how they were executed and played out and, and when they were introduced and stuff. But as an idea, I think it's a really cool way to end the season and to kind of close the book by literally just like destroying Diogenics as, as a whole. Yeah. That's yeah. That's really, really wild that, that the, the conclusion of these two, I mean, it's of this season, but really of the two seasons yeah. is to just destroy the, pro, like destroy the problem. Well, especially because the, the they problem ha- and the thing they're trying to figure out is Neogenics and they just destroy it. <laughs> Especially because, like, it was – it's such a good avenue otherwise to, like, create villains, like, to yeah. just give people powers. So they're kind of, like, making it a little harder on themselves, but I think in, like, a good way by taking that off the table now. It's sort of like we've done we've done everything that we can <laughs> with this concept. So we're done with it now. And, right. uh, you know, and it's still kind of bittersweet because that means that it can never be used to, like, heal people who have these issues and – a lot of characters are left in really awful places, but Spider-Man came out of it okay, so that's nice. Well, I think it's an admirable thing to do from the perspective of, like, they could have just kept it, like mm-hmm. you said. Like, it's a perfect way to create villains. That could have been the entire series. The entire series could have been, this is what Spider-Man's universe looks like when Neogenics is the major contributing factor to everything. Mm-hmm. They could have easily leaned on that. And they just didn't. <laughs> they just yeah. decided like, well, it's kind of horrifying. Let's let it be horrifying. Let's figure out a new catalyst for all of these these characters and, and plots. Yeah, definitely. Damn. All right. You go for it. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. I like that. I like that a lot. I do. The season was definitely hit or miss in a lot of ways, but I think I like it as kind of an experiment and I like it in like the, in the broad sense, especially because I think it was a really cool idea for a seasonal arc to focus on like body horror and monsters, monsters essentially. Yeah. And I think like the, the interesting like focus on not just like the spooky aspects, but just like the actual like really human like kind of personal horror of 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 not knowing like what your own like your body being like the main villain essentially yeah like Peter is essentially fighting his 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 own body throughout the entire season and all and, and a, a huge chunk of the villains are doing the same thing where they either have to like come to terms with like the new body that they have or or they want to cure themselves. Or, or or what have you, um, or they want to cure other people, or like with, even with like the X Men crossover, like want to destroy everyone who has like a like a bodily mutation. I like I like that the way that they sort of explored all the different um, all the different like sides to like that one kernel of inner conflict, which is like what do you do when you're sort of trapped in a body that hates you, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I think this season, given what we know they were trying to accomplish with this season, given that we know they weren't really able to play around with what they wanted to do as much in the first season and how that turned out, and given what we know as far as like how little they had for a template for this type of thing, mm-hmm. like it feels like such a massive success given the strong theme over the course of it, the fact that they were able to figure out eventually how to put pieces on the board i don't think it ends up being as successful as it could be but given the factors um like it's it's really impressive as far as a step forward you know like if you're just measuring it based on how forward did they move from where they were yeah it feels like a giant step like an absolutely giant step (laughs) that's so true yeah it's such a it's such a wildly different season than the first season was like in so many ways um yeah yeah, yeah, you know, and even like all like I I I would say like a lot of its its weak points still put it above like what the first season was as a whole. I would say so for sure. <laughs> yeah, the lowest yeah. lows of this season are nowhere close to the lowest lows or even really the midpoints of the first season. Yeah, um, right, right. Really, the only thing that I, the only advantage I guess that the first season I think maybe had not even advantage, but like something that I think not having to focus on the serialized stuff. The only thing that I think maybe sometimes is a little better was that like they could introduce villains in one episode and have them pretty fleshed out by the end of it. And then this season just, but this season just by its nature, like wouldn't have as much time for that. But I don't think it runs into that issue very often because it's generally with the exception of sort of the last few episodes, the last cluster, it's really good about seeding characters earlier and then, and then kind of developing them over time. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, not to like relitigate the first season, but I think if the first season were more episodic, I think there would be much more of a competition as far as which one succeeded better at what it wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But the first season sort of like, I think, wasn't as episodic as it probably should have been sometimes. Um, yeah, considering how So I don't even know if it succeeded in the way that it probably could have. This, I think, uh, at least nails the 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 type of structure it was trying to achieve, which is like serialized drama mm-hmm. over what the first one was trying. Hmm, I don't know if it was trying to do. It's hard with the first season. Cause, well, Cause cause what I, they wanted to do and what they had to do. Yeah. 
Like, they just didn't have that freedom. Because there were threads in the first season, but, like, they were so inconsistent for multiple reasons. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff just kind of got reset a bit in the season anyway. Like, pretty much all of the MJ Felicia stuff in the first season doesn't really matter <laughs> considering where, like, where it goes this season anyway. Like, it kind of re- reboots it. Yeah. At the well, beginning that, of the I think, season. I think that's going to be such an interesting thing to sort of follow in the next season and the seasons beyond Mm -hmm. is how much of what they do in this second season really was meant to establish things moving forward in that sort of retconny way that we talked about with Harry. They don't do a lot of it, but they establish things or solidify things or lock pieces into place in ways that the first season either wasn't willing to do or didn't even try to do. Sure. And I'm, I'm curious just how much it will feel like, okay, the first season happened and then the show actually started after it was done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it'll never be quite as much as like the Saved by the Bell thing where like Saved by the Bell technically <laughs> has a season before Saved by the Bell with like the same characters, but it's a different show. Like, well, some of, the same, some of the same characters. Some of the same characters. <laughs> In a completely it's, different setting with a different yeah. main character. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's uh, like, yeah, it's it's weird. It's never going to feel as disjointed as that, obviously, but I wonder how much it will feel like, okay, these four seasons are a show, and then there also was the first season, which is kind of almost a different thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure, but it'll be fun to see. Definitely. I'm excited. I am definitely... Is Even though I was was down on on some of the stuff in this final two-parter, I do... I, it does leave me very excited for the next season and then episode following like the cliffhanger. It's, you know, it is, it's a so, so cliffhanger, but like, because they've set up an, enough emotional stakes, like I'm, I'm very interested in how all these relationships will move going forward. And it was one of those things where it sort of like had to stop myself from letting it autoplay to the next episode, yeah, which is a I really was, good feeling to have. Well, uh, yeah, it was, I felt the same way and I was really surprised that it ended on a cliffhanger at all uh-huh. like that really surprised me given when the show was made um i know it's meant to be serialized but i still wasn't expecting that i wasn't expecting an entire season to end on a cliffhanger again not the biggest cliffhanger of all time but <laughs> yeah still really surprised that it didn't all just sort of like tie up with everybody flying off into the distance or going home and getting wheat cakes or whatever. You know, like, I, I'm yeah. surprised it wasn't as much of a bow as, as I would have expected. Yeah, 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 definitely. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. This season, I would, I, I, uh, I like it a lot as a whole. Even problems at all, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess my hope moving forward is that, you know, the seasons will tighten up some of the stuff that we had critiques on as far as, like, when you're seeding those characters doing it in the ways that this season did best as opposed to what we saw in the past couple episodes with Vulture. And then when they're going to do standalone episodes, if at all, Mm because I don't think they have to, but I would be a little bit sad if there was a story they wanted to tell like a Hydro Man situation that they just didn't. Yeah. That those standalone episodes somehow managed to feel integrated still in a way that Hydro Man doesn't a whole lot. Huh, yeah. You know, like like Hydro Man is so good, but it, it I guess I'm trying to remember, like, could you just pluck it out of the season? Um, I mean, I guess you could, but I do think 
it really solidifying the relationship between Peter and Mary Jane is really important, is really vital. That's true. That, That's a really good point. The character stuff for the main players is big. Yeah. That is the moment that Mary Jane clearly very heavily falls for Peter and everything with Mary Jane kind of is propelled from that episode for the rest of the season. Okay. Well then in that case, I want their standalone episodes to continue doing that. Like yeah. if the stand, if the, if the villain or the conflict, the, the sort of like in your face conflict is something that's only going to last for the episode, mm-hmm. have lasting main player moments. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I like that. And I don't see why they won't. I mean, it seems like they figured a lot out this time. So yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, since we're at the end of the season, if you had, like, a ranking of, like, your top couple of best and then, like, bottom, but I feel like it's going to be pretty obvious what the top ones are, because it's going to be Hydro Man. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, well, yeah, Hydro Man, but again, it's so weird ranking Hydro Man at the top. Like, I don't have a problem doing it, but you've mentioned before, like, it's a little strange because it's almost like God tier. Yeah, and it doesn't really, and it, and, and it is very different from, from the vibe of the entire rest of the season and episodes within the season, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if, if if you have to make one list, like, yeah, it's going to end up at the top. I do think the other ones that I really enjoy are probably the Punisher ones. Sure. Um, although I did have a lot of frustrations with the themes of the Punisher ones. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Blade one edges, like the Blade ones edge that out a little bit. Sure. Because the Blade ones also have the, the Terry Lee stuff, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Blade in general is very cool in a way that I, you know, Punisher in this show is very cool, but I don't necessarily like Punisher generally as much as I like Blade now that I've seen more Blade stuff. But Mm -hmm. so maybe those edge it out a little bit. Um, The sort of like duality of the two vampires is a bit cooler, I think, than what I thought could have been the duality of Punisher and and Spider-Man, which they didn't really capitalize on. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess it would be the Blade two-parters, Hydro-Man. Um, yeah, I guess those would be the three if I had to pluck three and put those at the top. Sadly, the Insidious 6 stuff, I think, falls by the wayside just as a matter of, like, not really feeling like a big part of all of this. Yeah. And then I'm already kind of, this is bad, but I'm already kind of forgetting stuff from the Tablet of Time things. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So those are probably the ultimate bottom ones, just because... From 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 the like sort of the chameleon principle, right? Mm-hmm. The do we even remember the chameleon episode? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the tableau of time stuff is going to apply. Like the the chameleon principle applies to that. Yep, my list is pretty similar. Uh, Hydra Man up top, Duel of the Hunters number two. Um, number three, I go back and forth on that. I think, I guess. I guess I would do the second Blade episode as well. I think I like the second Blade episode best. But the middle is where it gets kind of muddy. But definitely the Tablet of Time is the very bottom. That's what's not like hot take. Like, I feel like we're both kind of like on the same level with that. I think even Um, when we were watching it and talking about it, we were like, yeah, this is is an episode. Yeah, it was it wasn't really that fun to talk about, honestly. Yeah, I think I think it's about the same. And, you know. 
And the X-Men two-parter feels weird to me, too, because there's a lot of... Oh, gosh, I didn't even consider yeah, that. <laughs> there's a lot of things that I really liked about them and a lot of things that I really did not like about them. So, like, I don't know. I think as an episode, as a uh, of episodes, they're such a mess. I would put them still, put them... I think they're definitely better than Tablet of Time. Oh, yeah. But I feel like Insidious 6 is better than the X-Men episodes. So. Well, it's I think it's, it's hard with the X-Men episodes because the allegory that is in the X-Men episodes is something that I just, I like a lot. Like, I just gravitate yeah. to words but the episode that it's contained in isn't necessarily great yeah and i like like the care like i like how how much beast is in it i like him and wolverine's relationship and how it's portrayed in it yeah but like everything with the plot that happens just is really not great yeah kind of messy and the way that every other character is utilized is pretty god awful so right uh yeah i don't know if i i don't know if i can live with not putting a man spider episode in my top three. Well, if you did the Punisher episodes, that's the two of like the second so, episode was. Ah, that's right. The Man Spider one. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I should have thought about this ahead of time because I should have expected it. But oh, I didn't man. think about it until we just started recording. So you're fine. <laughs> uh, this is hard. This is really hard. Rankings are hard. It is hard. I mean, they're <laughs> stupid. I don't know why we do them, but they're fun for some reason. <laughs> like, well, the, I think to have the challenge. What I tend to prefer is like, what are my top tier? What are my mid tier? What are my bottom tier? Yeah. Because you know? I think rankings end up getting so nitpicky. Yeah. And then once you start like ranking one to like one by one, you do run into the problems of, okay, but the allegory in this was super strong, but the the story was, you know, a little messier or whatever. And then this one was so tight, but the overall theme was like fine. You know, so yeah. I think my top tier stuff is, you know, the the Hydro Man, the Blade and Punisher stuff. My mid tier stuff is, you know, Insidious Six, probably these final two, maybe. Mid yeah. I would put these mid tier. I would put these mid tier as well. I think I think I would too. I don't they're have not bad. massive problems with them. Yeah, they're not bad. They're just um a little bit lackluster for being the season ender to to a season with really strong episodes, but they're not bad. Yeah. And then yeah, bottom tier would be Tablet of Time stuff and I guess I don't know. Does Insidious Six end up there? Probably not. I don't I don't know. I feel like I feel weird. Yeah, I guess that's mid tier but and then there's the episode that's just called Morbius, but I don't remember what much. Ha- I guess that's a mid-tier one because I don't really remember that much of what happens in it, but I don't remember it being a bad episode. I don't know if there's a whole lot of bottom-tier stuff in this season overall. Yeah, yeah. I think everything. I think Tablet of Time is definitely a low bottom for me, but yeah, everything sure. else is sort of like a low mid-tier, but not a low tier. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> like X-Men, I, I feel uncomfortable putting that bottom tier. Insidious 6, I don't think it's bottom tier. I think Tablet of Time is the only thing that's actually bottom tier just because those episodes were just like kind of a chore, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, and very yikesy. A lot of yikeses. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, hey, if if everything ends up pretty much top tier or mid middle tier yeah. with something skewing a little bit lower, like – it's pretty good. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Considering I think it would be much more even or skewing lower on the first season. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, good job. Uh-huh. Great job, team. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you had the freedom to do a little bit more what you wanted. Definitely, definitely. I'm yeah. excited to see what they have in store for the future. Any other sort of like final overarching things that we didn't get to or... Are we ready to like close it up? Not particularly. I think this is a nice season full of nice little kisses to Man Spider. 
<laughs> not Vulture Man Spider. I, he does not deserve a little kiss. He's bad. He no, needs to leave. no, no kisses for any any iteration of of Vulture. <laughs> tell him to tell him to please leave. Well, Michael Keaton Vulture, but not this version of Vulture. Oh for yeah, sure. no. Yeah. Okay, fair, fair. That's fine. I will I will allow it. <laughs> not that it's my place to allow those no, things, but please leave. Please leave. Please leave. <laughs> yeah, yes. we're good. We're good. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap we it up. Freaking did it. If you want more stuff from us, um, you can get more content over on our Patreon. We've been doing cool stuff over there. Stuff that we're really excited about, and I think that comes through. So if you're interested in more of us, check out what we've got going on over there. We've got a lot of bonus episodes as far as Spider Bites, where we talk about different types of Spider-Man things that may or may not be related to the show. Um, and we do some commentary stuff if that's your jam. Um, that's at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers. If you'd like more of us just generally, individually, where can we find you, Derek? You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale, D-E-R-E-K-B-G-A-Y-L-E. You can also find me on YouTube for my video essay series, Second Chance, looking at bad or divisive media from a positive lens or looking at intention through research and trying to see why people who might like it might actually like it or why it did actually have a positive uh, influence on culture one way or another, even if you think it's bad. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y, just tweeting about things that I'm watching or playing. If you like Pokemon stuff, you can also find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast, where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just sort of as we feel like it. And if you would like more from our podcast on social media, you can find Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod. You can also email us, whatever you feel like, at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Perhaps Manspider fan art. We are desperately lacking in Manspider fan art. Um, you can also rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, which we would really appreciate because it helps other people find us. And uh, guess what? Next week, we're doing something different. We are exploring Spidey's first official induction into the Disney canon with the crossover special, Phineas and Ferb, Mission Marvel. See you then. Bye. Yo, what are you doing?